All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Hello, Sean Hayes. Oh my gosh. I am so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. I I asked you before, remind me, do people call you, do your friends or family call you doctor? Like, do they slip up and say, (laughs) do they slip up and say, uh, excuse me, doctor, or, you know, or is it never that? You know, uh, only in bed, really. No. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> no, my friends, they, they. I mean, I can barely get them to say my full name. Usually they're like pre-pre or P or, you oh, know, okay. they just so call pre-pre. me nicknames. Yeah. But, you don't, but you, you prefer that people don't do that, right? Yeah, you, I you mean, prefer I just Priyanka. like good old Priyanka. Yeah, it's yeah. the nice three-syllable Priyanka. Well, because it's a pretty name for a pretty lady. <laughs> so oh, now, thank you. tomorrow's the first day of December. Do you like the holiday season? Oh, do you celebrate? Holidays. Are you over it? Like, how do you feel? Oh my gosh, it's so bittersweet, right? Because you use the holidays as an opportunity to see old friends yes, and get in touch like with people. Yeah, and socialize. And But then there's also so much stress. I just, the whole capitalistic, like, you, yes. you know, just the whole industry, it yes. really gets to me. Yeah, so what about Black Friday? How about that nonsense? Oh, I don't do Black Friday. Who I can't. Needs, by the way, who needs something that badly I just, that you need I mean, to- just get I guess it online. the deals. It's the deals. I mean, if you can get like a thousand dollar TV for like two hundred bucks, like right. I guess then it's yes. worth you know elbowing people to to get there. But to me, it just the the blood pressure issues that I would get dealing with that, like yeah. just the stress hormone. Well, I the, just and can't. the store. Well, the stores need to figure out a better process. It's like have everybody line up outside and you take like ten in at a time. Don't just yeah. open your doors and let people trample in. I mean, what is this yeah. like the fucking Roman period? Well, you know, now like, you can do. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, now you can do Black Friday online, so yeah. you can just sit yeah. in the comfort of your home. Yeah, but... and and and, el- and cyber elbow your way through. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about you? What do you think no, of the holidays? I, I, you- I love it because it reminds me of being a kid. It reminds me of my mom. My mom lived mm-hmm. for Christmas, so I do it Aww. to celebrate her. I do it to celebrate yeah. Scotty's family, like every and all of our friends. And so yeah. I, I really like it. I had a hard time with it when my mom was going through Alzheimer's and then we lost her. And then, so it, because it reminded me of my mom, right. that was really hard. Totally. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Uh, we should do it to celebrate her. Not, I shouldn't fear mm. the sadness of it. I should embrace the joy of it because that's mm-hmm. what she loved. Yeah. The holidays can be really triggering for people, I know, especially right? if there's a difficult memory associated with the holidays. Yes. Because then you, you're technically like, uh, it's like an anniversary of that event. Right, right, and right, so right. unless you actively make the the mental effort to say, no, I'm not going to look at this in this sort of negative way, yeah. if I shift it to a more uplifting, positive way, then it becomes a celebration. That's right. I but love that's that. the work. You I, know? And so, but wait, let me ask you this. Do you feel this, do you feel like there's a sense of less celebratory around Christmas or is it because we're older? 
You know, I pick up sometimes on this sense of exhaustion. Yes. You know, people are tired. Right. You know, I do this bit on stage where I go through the, this is like a, a bit, a longer bit, but every time I go through, I ask the audience the different criteria for depression. And I, I say like, all right, who feels feelings of worthlessness? Not very many people clap. Then I go to who feels fatigue? The entire Everybody audience. Clap. Yeah. We'll start clapping. Everybody's so it's like tired. people are exhausted. We're tired, yeah. right? Yeah. And the holidays can amplify that because you're bombarded with all this information to just be like happy, yay, everything's celebratory. But if you're feeling tired inside, it kind of makes it grow stronger. Yes, I know. And the anxiety and the stress about making people happy and yeah, then you're not it's happy a lot because of pressure. You're, yeah, and everybody's running around like so. So what are we all doing? So it's like, why don't we just get one gift for everybody? And sit down and enjoy each other's presence instead of the presence. Mm, amen. Uh, I, I also want to just advocate for rest. I am a big yes. fan of just resting because yeah. I think that is the best way to advocate your own self-care. Yeah, and you gotta if, rest. think about it, Sean. If everybody just rested, there yeah. wouldn't be this pressure to like get all the gifts and do all the things, yeah. right? We could well, just then rest. Most people are going to say, well, screw you. I, you must be nice. You can rest. I don't, I can't rest. I have to work. I have kids. I have a job. Blah, 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 right. Blah. I right. can't rest. You can, you can find like 10 minutes. Little, to just little kind, bits. Like yeah, 10 minutes. Little moments. Exactly. Yeah, just little moments. Exactly. But anyway, totally. I, I, that's my wish. I hope everybody can find like Oh my 10 gosh. Minutes. But you know, what's going to be an amazing moment for today's podcast? Our what? guest today. Our guest today. Adam Conover. Can't wait to talk to him. I mean, he's so cool and so smart. Yeah. But before that, our guest today had a five-year medical mystery. After years of testing and symptoms, she was finally diagnosed with a rare genetic condition. So we're excited to hear more from Emily. Well, oh, Emily. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was Emily, Emily, Emily. <laughs> it is Emily, Emily, Emily. Oh, well, for our listeners, this is Emily, my assistant at Hazy Mills Productions that makes this yes. podcast. That is hello the Surprise. one and only. Oh my Surprise. god, this is so cool! What I didn't have, I had no idea. <laughs> Emily's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Oh, stop! It's it, true. Stop. It's true. It's true. Like, stop! I keep it coming, you know. So here we go. Aww. So this is so why this is so bizarre. Um, hi, Emily. So tell us your story. In high school, you were having problems with periods and stuff, something, and mm -hmm. tell us what happened. And I, had, yeah, just, by the way, I had no idea this about. I've known you yeah. for how many years? I Let's unpack it from the beginning. So January 2020, I was diagnosed with non-classical congenital adrenal hyperplasia, which for okay. short is CAH. Right. And Should I when, explain to Sean what that is yes, real please. quick? Before? Yes, sure. yes, okay, please. so Sean, she said congenital adrenal hyperplasia. So congenital means that it's from birth. Adrenal refers to the adrenal glands, which add renal. Renal is kidney, add for adjacent. So it's right next to the kidney. It's oh, this wow. little so walnut-sized glands right above your kidney that release these really important hormones. And the like, kidney already looks like a walnut, so it's a nut and a nut. Oh, there you go. It's a right. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's this like a bean and a nut. And um, so basically the hormones that come out of the adrenal glands are made with the help of these enzymes. Yeah. And people with CAH have a genetic change where one of the enzymes are missing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Wait, this that's is crazy. really interesting. Wait, I didn't yeah. know this. I yeah. I honestly have been suffering alone. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> I haven't really told good anybody. God. <laughs> Working but, away still. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So 
Honestly, when I was thinking back, the story really started in middle school. I was having consistent fainting spells. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. Like I would faint from getting up off the couch or if Mm -hmm. I went up and down the stairs, I would either pass out when I got to the top or when I got Mm -hmm. to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And we kind of just said like, oh, I'm moving too quickly. It's just head Mm -hmm. rush. Like, Mm -hmm. but it was so consistent. Uh-huh, and then wow. I honestly started fainting at school. Uh-huh. My God. And that's when we kind of started deciding, like, we need to go see a doctor, which yeah. then led to me seeing multiple specialists. And mm-hmm. how were you in between these fainting spells? Like, well, how was your energy and how was your life? Oh, I mean, cognitive was normal for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I knew when I got down to the stairs, I would sit down mm-hmm. and then I would pass out. And then I wow. kind of got up and I was just like living life as no- I thought it was normal for everybody to wow. do that. And my parents... So- yeah. Like, we're not phased by it by a certain mm. point. Wow. So right. Truly, just that was just I, how I, I was living. I think your daughter's dead. No, she's just, it's a, <laughs> no. it's a thing. She does that. She's she just does. a teenager. She does from yeah. time to time. Now, this is a really interesting point that you're bringing up recurrent fainting spells, which cortisol is the stress hormone. It's one of the hormones released by your adrenal gland. And with with CAH, you can have a cortisol deficiency, which mm-hmm. can lead to blood pressure issues, like maintaining normal blood pressure, which can make someone susceptible to fainting spells. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah, so we started seeing specialist after specialist after specialist. And basically wow. what they told me in the end was I just didn't have enough salt in my body. Mm. And they recommended that I just start over-salting my food for a while. And hopefully, fingers crossed, the fainting spells will just either slow down or Mm -hmm. stop completely. You just need to go to McDonald's. You need to go to McDonald's late at night. All that salt is left on the fries and just eat all those fries. (laughs) Honestly, just skip the fries. Give me the salt package. (laughs) So so this is another really important clue because your salt levels were off. And Mm -hmm. there's a hormone also secreted by the adrenal gland called aldosterone, which regulates your potassium and sodium levels. So that's another clue that your aldosterone levels were probably imbalanced as well, which points Mm -hmm. to the adrenals. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So that was all middle school. And then I get to high school and I started experiencing irregular periods. I had excess body hair, which for any teenager just isn't fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was seriously only having two periods a year. Mm-hmm. And my leg hair was... What about all the other classes? I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, what period do you have, Jim? Yeah. And then, like, my leg hair was, like, super thick, really coarse. Mm-hmm. It hurt mm-hmm. every single time I shaved. I would wow. literally cry every single time oh that I had to goodness. shave. Wow. Because wow. it was just very... It was that thick. And I always oh, had razor wow. burn. Like, it just... It was terrible. That's also another clue. Because the steroid hormones, like testosterone, are also secreted by the adrenal glands. And so you're describing wow. the excess body hair, the regular periods, that's all steroid hormone related. Okay, so wait, so when you were in middle school and you figured out the fainting was like, oh, I need more salt. So I had more salt. I just ate Mm -hmm. more salt and everything. And then you were like, okay, I'm fine. And then this started happening. Is that right? Correct. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so keep going. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. when I would go see doctors for different things, I would kind of bring up like, they would ask always like, when's your last period? The standard question. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would tell them like, I would, right? I would literally tell them, like, I don't know. Doctors said that that was probably due to, I was extremely active in sports. And mm-hmm. so they were like, oh, well, oh. maybe you're having that because you're very extremely active all year long. Right. Mm-hmm. And then for the body hair, they were like, it's probably just because of your Hispanic heritage. Mm. <laughs> you're like, no, it's because of your Hispanic heritage. They're like, heritage. you're brown. No. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just like, 
What? Cool, thanks. So <laughs> I nothing to do. That just seemed weird. So I was yeah, like, that all is right. Weird. Um, and so since honestly, like we, me, my parents, we had nothing else to go off of. And that kind of like made some sort of sense to us. We were like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. And you're, and you're like, what about this third foot? Is that because of my heritage? (laughs) I was like, I can regrow stuff. Like, is that not normal? Um, no, but so then eventually I started seeing a gynecologist. I think I was probably around 15. Okay. And I saw her for a couple years. And the one thing she consistently was telling me was that my blood tests were just not making sense for my age. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she eventually tested me for PCOS. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we did this whole sonogram and it showed that I had all these little cysts having a party on my ovaries. Oh, so you did wow. have many cysts. Interesting. So I did What's have PCOS many cysts. Again? Well, that's the, Poly- you know, it's polycystic ovary syndrome. Okay. Yeah, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I just want to say a lot of people can be originally misdiagnosed mm-hmm. with PCOS because PCOS also presents with irregular periods and signs of excess body hair or right. excess steroid hormones. It can be indistinguished from CAH. So, Correct. yeah, wow, it makes wow, sense. Wow, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was put on birth control. Mm-hmm. And At 15? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And we thought that after being on that for a while, the blood work would kind of level itself out. Mm-hmm. But surprise, surprise, a couple of years and my blood test did not level out at all. Wow. And when you say your blood test, do you remember, was it your potassium and sodium levels that were always off or? I, I really like, I can't remember. I was honestly uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was young and yeah. hearing things. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, probably I think okay. potassium, sodium for sure. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember everything else. Okay. Yeah, no um, worries. But yeah, so my gyno was just always telling me that like something just wasn't adding up, something's wrong. And she was honestly like, I think about your case more than any other. Like you have officially stumped me after years. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so literally from that day after she told me that I stumped her, five to six years later, I go in for my yearly appointment and I see her thinking it's just going to be a normal office visit. And she comes and sits down next to me and she's like, I want to test you for something that's very specific and rare. Yeah. Keep yeah. in mind, at this point, I'm now 26. Uh-huh. So I have like gone to the doctor. I see her normally. So I'm literally seeing her. I'm all by myself. I don't right. have my mom. I'm right. now freaking yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of was like, okay. And she always like, tell me the name again. And she's yeah. like, congenital adrenal hyperplasia. She writes it down on a piece of paper for me, folds yeah. it up, gives it to me and yes. says don't Google this unless I call you and tell you that your results are positive. Right. Really? That's like being like, okay, yeah. don't look this up that I'm going to give you the exact name for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So naturally, I went oh straight God. home and I Googled. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I had to. Yeah, and of so course. I sit down with my parents and we start freaking out because it's just actually a lot more serious than we would have ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm freaking out that this is two years ago. Mm-hmm. That I found out. I yeah. Do you? So nice nice to you, meet were you, you t- by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> were you tested for the most common type of CAH, which is called 21 hydroxylase deficiency? Was that where you were tested for? Yes, that is. That's what she tested me for. Yeah. And then it came back positive. Yeah. So wow. she told me that my test results were positive and that I needed to go and see an, a specialist ASAP. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. Oh and my God, this story. She was like, 
literally do not wait a month to get in if they're super far booked ahead. Yeah. If you yeah. could go see someone tomorrow, take it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so I went to go see my endocrinologist and uh-huh. like a good little patient, I printed my test results, like my blood wow. test results, and I took it in. And she was like, so like, what brought you in today? I said, oh, I was recently diagnosed with CAH. And she said, okay, but I also see that you have PCOS and those are mm-hmm. like very similar. Like, or I just want to make sure I don't want to misdiagnose you. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, well, I brought, uh-huh. well, I said, allegedly these test results will somehow show you that I have this. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. she was like, okay, well, let me take a look. And then she goes, oh, and she just like got super serious and she like looked me in the eye and she was just like, okay, yeah, this, mm-hmm. uh-huh. this does show that you have it. She goes, I still want to run my own set of tests just to mm-hmm. like double confirm. She goes, yeah. but we need to take this seriously. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So like a good so, patient, so now, yeah, Emily's like, there. <laughs> so, so in terms of treatment options, what were you offered after the diagnosis? Um, honestly, she only said... Well, I want to put you on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which helps with she told me with like the excessive body hair that I was experiencing. Yes, yes, it's a potassium sparing diuretic. It's mm-hmm. a yeah, and that can it can alter aldosterone levels as well. So, have you noticed a change in your lifestyle? Like, do you feel different? Has there been yeah. a big difference? Yeah, since you've started the medicine. Um, I. I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like I've just gotten so used to feeling a certain way that I'm just Mm kind of like, this is my normal. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say I probably feel a little bit better. I will Mm -hmm. say that now it makes sense whenever it's super hot outside. I'm very affected by the heat. Yes, right. Like in what way? I will genuinely, like, I will wake up and just feel off immediately. Like, yes. from waking up, I will be like, wait, why do I feel extra rundown, extra right. lethargic? Like, yeah. it's kind of a lot harder to, like, not harder, but it's just, like, I'm very aware when I'm walking. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my legs are a little heavier. My arms are heavier. Yes. Uh-huh. And then I'll walk outside and realize, oh, there's a heat wave. Or, yeah. oh, it's a super hot day. That's all because when your cortisol levels are deficient, cortisol is the stress hormone, it's released in stress. So any kind of difficult weather or emotional stress, your body releases cortisol so you can maintain your blood sugar levels, your blood pressure levels, your energy levels. So if there's a cortisol deficiency, then yeah, any kind of physical stress like heat wave, getting sick. Or exercising or anything, yeah. It's extremely exhausting. Right. I've gotten to the point where like, I mean, I walk a lot, so that's Mm -hmm. what I've kind of just started doing naturally and normally. But honestly, like, if it's a super hot day, I can normally do four miles easily. If it's crazy hot, I will do a mile or less. That's Mm -hmm. that's crazy. When you got sick, like, did you get COVID yet? And I'm just curious, like, if you did get COVID, what happened? Was it really, really hard? There was no mercy when I got COVID. (laughs) Sean was like, great, so you're still working. I need to do all these things. Emily, wait, I'm going to talk to you more about this offline. I had no idea. Thank you for sharing this, like, with the world and now the rest of your team. Right, and I know because you kind of peripherally work on this show as well, that, um, you know, sharing your stories like this really, really does help people. So thank you, my dear. No, of course. I honestly, like, I felt like I wanted to because it is so rare. I don't know anybody else who has it. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Just yeah. want to get the word out, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, it's I so great. appreciate that. All right, Emily, thank you. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Bye, darling. Thanks again.
So, Sean, what does it say about you as a boss that you don't know anything about, <laughs> about your my... employees, eh? <laughs> no, I'm just pulling your leg. Oh, I mean, I can understand why she, you know, didn't want to share it at first. Yeah. But, but something, it's a very personal. Yeah, know? it is really personal. And I, I can't imagine what it was like dealing with that for so many years and not knowing. And testament to that doctor that kept thinking about her case for five or six I know, years. I, I mean, know. I know exactly what that's like. I'm I've sure you have people like patients that. where I, I keep thinking about them and I'll, I'll email them like, you know, or I'll contact them like years yeah. later. Cause yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's like a mystery. The mystery ones are probably you the ones that stay it. with you. Yeah. yeah for sure. Totally. I have the actually the complete opposite problem. I don't have a hair on my body. It's, I'm yeah. like a Mexican hairless dog. It's crazy. You have the anti-CAH. I do. <laughs> Guys, if you want to leave a message, please do so. It really, really helps us. We love it. We love talking about it. We love talking to you. The number to leave us a message is 1-323-529-6031. 323-529-6031. Keep sharing your stories with us. Let's get to our guest. We are supported by Fight Camp. Are you looking for one of the most exhilarating and effective forms of home fitness? Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Fight Camp is interactive at-home boxing. They bring the best workout in the world into your home and make it fun. Explore thousands of workouts led by expert trainers with decades of experience teaching proper boxing form and technique. One of the best things that I love about Fight Camp is that it makes boxing super accessible to everyone. No matter what your fitness level is, what your age is, or what your experience with boxing is, you can do it and you're going to have a great time. So join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. This holiday season, you'll also get a heart rate monitor and a premium jump rope for free. That's an additional $148 value for free. Fight Camp packages start at just $99. They also offer some great financing options so you can get started for as low as $9 a month. To get started and to get your free gifts with purchase, go to fightcamp.com slash actor. That's fightcamp.com slash actor. We are supported by Athletic Greens. Hey guys, I started taking AG1 because of the convenience of it, right? You've heard me say that before, but it's true. I like to stay healthy. I'm like, gosh, how do I do this? That's an easy, quick way. It's Athletic Greens, AG1. It's so convenient. I have all of my supplements and vitamins lined up on my kitchen counter before AG1, and now I don't have any of those. And I just have the little thing that I shake it in and I drink it. It's so easy and fast and it tastes delicious. This is the best option for easy, optimal nutrition out there. You take one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Oh, there it there is. is! Our guest today ruins everything. Get it? Get it? <laughs> He's so sick of that intro. He's a writer, actor, comedian. He's amazing. His recent series, The G Word with Adam Conover, is on Netflix now. It's the hilarious Adam Conover. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here, This Sean. is so cool that you're on here. I've been such a fan for such a long time. Thank you. Me too. We're thrilled. Yes, this is Priyanka Wally, Priyanka, Adam. So nice to meet you, Adam. Welcome to the show. So nice to meet you too, Priyanka. I want to say something at the beginning. First of all, before we get into the good medical stuff, you know, Adam Ruins Everything was one of the 
the best shows ever. I love that Thank show. You. I'm bummed it's not on mm-hmm. TV anymore. I watched it all the time. It Thank was the you. perfect show for me because, you know, you explain everything mm-hmm. in a way I can understand, like, Priyanka does for me here. Yeah. And I love it when ex- people explain things to me. I hope every American watched your show. Oh. It's, it was funny, engaging. It accomplishes my favorite thing, which is it educates in an entertaining Educating, way. Educating, yes. And, and like, like how it's made and stuff like that. But now yeah. you're doing the G word with Adam Conover. Tell us yes. about that, please. And you're doing it. Wait, wait. Is it true what the Obamas are producing? Yes. It? Yes. That's, yes. That's we did so it with cool. the Obamas. Wow. Yeah. The, their production company, Higher Ground, we did it with them. It's based on the Michael Lewis book. You know, Michael Lewis, the journalist who wrote Moneyball. He wrote a book called The Fifth Risk, all about how the government works. And they optioned that book, and then they wanted to make a TV show out of it. And they asked me to pitch on it, what I would do with it. And and we ended up making this wonderful show, six episodes about the United States federal and state and local governments and how they affect our lives in ways both good and bad. When is, Was it already on or no? It's on, It's out on Netflix now, yeah. Oh, it is. I, mm. got, I have got to watch this. Mm-hmm. You will love this so much if you love educational content. So I do Adam Ruins Everything style explainers straight to camera, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. with Mm-hmm. With sketch comedy, informational, like people know me for, but I also go out in the field. And so we went to a, a meat processing plant to see how the USDA inspects our meat. We went with nice. the Air Force hurricane hunters and flew through a hurricane. Yeah. Um, it was a great well, time. I would love that. Now, wait a minute. Oh, to, nice. to, now, now the, you know, there's been several documentaries about meat and like the, how we mm-hmm. process in America. Are you a meat eater still? I avoid meat generally. I do eat it sometimes when it's either unavoidable or worth it. <laughs> so, what's an example of that worth was in it my da- that was in my dating profile so, so, so worth it for example is like if I'm making a really good roast chicken at home yeah. for me uh-huh. and my girlfriend there's there's sort of nothing better in life or last night I went to a soccer game here in LA I went to an LAFC game and there are these guys making incredible birria tacos which are just such a yeah like uh, there's they're they're unbeatable. Or if I'm traveling and you know you're in the airport and you've got you know 30 minutes before your flight, and you right. have to eat something and you right. and there's no vegetarian options. But when I'm cooking for myself or when I'm you know just having lunch or whatever, you don't need to get chicken on your salad. Just get some garbanzo beans. Mm. You know yeah. that's that's yeah. how I try to operate. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to put an animal cool. on everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but Frank, I know several uh, episodes ago we were eating and you were eating lamb. Oh yeah, I love lamb. So you, I'm Kashmiri. I, I mean, know. lamb comes from my people. But you yeah. eat meat. You eat meat all the time. I do. I do eat meat. Well, not like all the time, but yeah. No, I. I mean, I can't turn down a good piece of lamb when it's oh available. Yeah. And it has yeah. to be like grass fed and stuff. I, I Said do. the little lamb to the little doctor. <laughs> all right. So wait, Adam. So tell us about factually, which is a great title, and it's your podcast. And again, it's mm-hmm. probably like I'm obsessed with you and the things mm. that you do. Thank you. Again, just because like I can't sit through like you know those like guided tours that you go on with the earphones on and everybody's walking yes. around with earphones. And, and and no offense to those people, they whoever records those, but they're just not that exciting or interesting. Yeah, yeah. they're just yeah. delivering the news. They're just delivering the facts with like in sentences. But you do that thing where it's just like, oh, I get yeah. it now. It's so digestible, and you dumb it down for people like me. Thank you. Well, what I try to do is I think of myself as the last step of the informational food chain. So Mm -hmm. I read articles, I read books, I have a research team, you know, and then we take the information and we, I don't say dumb it down, I would say distill it down. Yes, into We try to take the complex understanding. See, you dumb it down for me. (laughs) We try to make it 
digestible. So if, you know, it's 11 p.m., you just want to watch half an hour of TV, you just yeah. want to listen to a podcast, you don't yeah. have time to read the nonfiction book, we can give you the same complex, nuanced understanding that you get from that, but yeah. in a shortened form. So on Factually, you know, this podcast came about because I was interviewing so many incredible experts on Adam Ruins Everything, yeah. mm -hmm, who we would bring mm -hmm. in to sort of deliver the final part of our argument. And then once the camera stopped rolling, we were chatting on set, we would start having these incredible conversations. Exactly. That, you know, and you're like, why weren't we talking about that? Yeah. And so this is a show where I talk to incredible experts for a full hour about mm -hmm. all the incredible shit that they know that that I and that you might not know. Yeah. yeah. And we have on people, you know, we have like really, really big authors on, um, but mm -hmm. we also have on scholars, historians, journalists who are doing yeah. incredible work yeah. that mm -hmm. is making waves in their field, but yeah. they're not going on CNN. They're not going on right. you know, Colbert. Right. And I bring you, you know, the incredible advancements that they're making it's in their fantastic. fields. It's fantastic. How's it doing? It's got to be doing well. It's doing very well. I'm very happy about it. Uh, yeah, we've been doing it for like three years now good. and it's growing every week. Good, good. And can I just say, I so appreciate the effort to take complex information and to make it into digestible little nuggets. Yeah, thank you. That's what you do too. Yeah, like on this show, it's really a lot of effort and art to do that so that people can understand. So I just want to say how much I deeply respect that because oh, it's not you. easy. And, and, and the same back at you, Priyanka, you have that uh, artistic ability to do that too. It's not easy. Yeah, the do it whole so well. point of me making that comment was to get a compliment from Sean. That was the <laughs> entire purpose. I know of how me you work. I know how you work. All right, so Adam, let's talk about wetting the bed when you were a kid. How often? What happened? Yeah. This is the thing. Oh and, my god! And then we're going to tie it to ADHD, which I think is part of the reason why you're successful. It's because I think people who kind of have their wheels turning all the time in their head, mm -hmm. you know, they they have drive. They're driven. They have ambition. Yeah. Are the two related or not? I don't know. Go ahead. Well, I think you're right on with the ADD that it's part of, you know, what makes me uh, successful as a comedian or it's part of what drove me to become a comedian. I don't know if the bedwetting yes. uh, has anything to do with my, <laughs> with my career. Right. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, Adam, uh, the, the prevalence of bedwetting or enuresis, which is the medical term for that, is significantly higher in people with ADHD compared really? to children without ADHD. Yeah, it's actually twice as prevalent. I didn't know that. We're talking about we're talking about when Adam was a kid, not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is children. We're talking right. about children. Talking in fact, there was the a recent paper published that looked at the the prevalence was so significant that they actually advised screening kids who are bedwetters for ADHD. Wow. Because the two run hand in hand. Oh, how so, about that? This is my first I've ever heard about this. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting, there's just a big review article on this that came out. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. there, there must be a correlation. So wait, how did you, when you were a kid, you know, because it's very common. Did yours last for like an, an uncommon long time? Is that what, why, why we're discussing it? My memory was it led into like, you know, the middle years of elementary school, which is pretty late, yeah. I think. And it was it was long enough that my parents started it. You know, they treated it as, OK, this is a problem that we have to deal with. And they mm -hmm. they took me mm -hmm. to different specialists and, and we had different strategies. Oh, and wow. things. You know, my perspective was sometimes I just wake up in a cold puddle and I'm like, oh, that kind of yeah. sucks. But, you know, my parents yeah. sort of like, you know, did There's the round. Star Wars lunchbox. So see you later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, in medicine, a bedwetting before the age of five really isn't a concern. But the medical definition of 
enuresis begins usually after the child is age five. So if you're naming like elementary school, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a thing. So was this like every night or just once a week? Do you remember the frequency? It was, I'm going to say maybe a couple times a month or something like that. So Mm -hmm. not not every night, but uh, repeatedly uh, enough that it was, it was definitely like, I didn't like it either. You know, you didn't like it. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Priyanka, does it have to do with stress or something as a kid? Oh my gosh. So, so there's actually a laundry list of things that can cause bedwetting. I mean, it can start with something as simple as anatomy, like the bladder size is just too small as the yeah. child is growing. Yeah. Then there can be some more complex issues. Like what, if you're, maybe, what if your bladder's small, but your penis is just huge? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, this, it's a tough one, right? How do you delineate the two? I mean, you know... Um, and uh, the you know um, sometimes rarely there can be hormonal imbalances or or just like as the child is growing yeah. the child may not be able to recognize that they have a full bladder and so the nerves yeah. that control the bladder are just a little slower to mature. So, yeah, yeah, got it. There are things like psychological stresses, like stress can worsen bedwetting, or mm-hmm. but and then there's of course this correlation, this prevalence of ADHD. Yeah, or it's just more common in children with ADHD, which we don't really understand. Right. I want to know that too because we haven't really talked about like the 8 billion episodes we've done. We've never really talked about ADD or ADHD. Really? It's like, we really <laughs> no, kind of we have, have it. No, we, we have it. Have. I just, just don't remember. remember. <laughs> I don't remember because I have ADHD. <laughs> no, but, yeah. I, no, but like... <laughs> no, we definitely have. No, but like a deep dive on like, wh- like what caused it? Are you on something now for an Adam? When was it, was it uh, uh, detrimental to certain parts of your life growing up and when did you recognize you first had it and are you on something now for it? Oh, I mean, this is, uh, God, I could talk for hours about this. Actually, my entire, uh, I'm a stand-up comic and the entire yeah. hour of stand-up comedy I'm touring right now is about my childhood diagnosis with ADD and oh, my feelings wow. about it as an adult. Uh-huh. But to answer the answer your question, uh, I don't currently take anything for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Ritalin in you know middle school and high school and then in college I took Adderall. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was helpful in some ways. But it's also, uh, you know, I went through a long journey with it where I eventually realized that, you know, I started drinking a lot and smoking because those things mm. really go, you know, Adderall's amphetamines, right? And it, mm-hmm. and I exactly. had all the side effects that you would expect if you would take amphetamines every single day. Mm. Now, I know people who take Adderall today, friends of mine who get a great benefit from Adderall and who don't experience those side effects. Uh-huh. Um, but for me, you know, I had trouble sleeping. That's why I was drinking so much. Uh-huh. And, right. You know, um, and it wasn't helpful for me doing anything creative. Right. You know, it was helpful for for me sure. doing things that were very mechanical. Like it made me a really good web developer, which is mm. one of the things I did as a freelancer when I was, you know, getting started in comedy. But it didn't make me better at stand-up comedy or writing, you know, comedy scripts or things like that. Sure. Uh-huh. And so I eventually stopped taking it. And actually during the pandemic, I had the experience a lot of people did where, you know, I, I've come up with all these coping mechanisms and, you know, everything. Right. Everything I've done in life professionally has happened since I quit taking Adderall. So I figured, hey, I don't even really need to think about this anymore. Isn't that wild? And then during the pandemic, a lot of those problems yeah. started rushing back because I couldn't go outside. Right. And I was exactly. sort of stuck at a desk in a way that I, you know, hadn't been for years. Right. And so I got myself re-diagnosed because when I was diagnosed, it was in like 1991 or something like that. Okay. I went to like a children's psychiatric research hospital. They did a yeah. whole bunch of tests on me. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, that was 20 years ago. And, you know, a lot of the story of ADD medication has been, you know, overprescription of kids like me. And, and there's mm-hmm. been a lot of advertising for the drugs. And I was like, I just want to know if I were to get diagnosed today, would yeah. I still have it? 
And so okay. I went to a new doctor and she gave me a, a very thorough diagnosis. And at the end she said, yeah, I, I still think you have ADD. Mm-hmm. Um, you could try medication. And I said, all right, well, let me, let me try, you know, what do you got that's new? What are the new mm-hmm. meds? Yeah, hey. <laughs> what you got? What you got? She opens up her, she opens up her coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she opens up her coat. <laughs> There's all these syringes. <laughs> right. right, 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 yeah. exactly. It kind of felt like that. She gave me Vyvanse, which is just a very, oh, yeah. you know, it's basically just Adderall by another name with mm-hmm. a slightly different, works works slightly differently. But uh, I tried it for two days and I had all these scripts to write and I did not get any work done on the scripts uh-huh. and I oh, was wow. unable to sleep. Wow. And wow. I was yeah. like, okay, the drugs are not for me was my mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a, a lifestyle change kind of guy. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 I love that. Well, garbanzo beans instead of chicken. Completely. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Just say. So, so Adam, did anyone ever talk to you about non-pharmacologic treatments for ADHD, things like biofeedback or neurofeedback? You know, as a kid, my mom was really great about seeking out stuff like that. And I actually want to tell you about some of the bedwetting things that we tried, too. But yeah. she did take me as a kid to do biofeedback. And this would have been in, like, 1996, 1995, yeah. something like that. And they like put electrodes on my head and they like measure your brain waves and you like look at an image yeah. on a screen and it's like, they're like, try to get the ball to balance on the teeter totter just by looking yeah. at it. And you sort of treat yeah. your brain waves. And so she tried to do stuff like that with me. I would often fall asleep during those sessions because it oh, was yeah. like so yeah. meditative. And I don't know if that did anything, but uh, you know, she did look for things like that. Mm-hmm. Part of the story for me was things got a lot better for me in college. I went to a liberal arts college and and that sort of matched, I think, my sort of ADD tendencies a lot oh, better than high school did. Yeah. When, when, with, a, with ADD, if you're talking to someone that's kind of boring, do you kind of fall asleep and nod off? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Sean's asking for himself. If asking, because <laughs> if I'm talking to somebody and they're just really not interesting or don't have anything to offer to the conversation or anything, I, I have a hard time focusing. Yeah. That's when the fidget spinner comes in handy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It could also just be a legitimately boring conversation, Sean. That's true. That's true. Um, That's true. Wait. So, Adam, you mentioned the bedwetting technique. So can Mm -hmm. you you share a little bit about what kind of troubleshooting you and your family went through? Yeah. So the ones that I remember were, well, I mean, first of all, they put the plastic sheet on the bed, which sucks to sleep on. Which is is different in the gay world. So fashionable. For different reasons. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Is it crinkly like that in the gay world too? Because that was my problem as a kid. It goes under the sheet. No, are you but kidding it me? No, you, you iron yeah. it. You make that thing real nice looking. No, go oh, ahead. okay. Yeah. yeah. Th- this was like a plastic tarp. So every time yeah. I moved, it would like crinkle under me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the two techniques that I remember were one of them was, I think, almost medieval. It was a <laughs> it was a pad with electrodes on it that oh, you would wow. put, you know, oh, over your crotch, you know, same as like a as a cup uh, that you would wear in, again, in gym class. I guess. Uh-huh. And and then that was connected to a wire that ran up to a little speaker that was then clipped to my shirt. And when it detected moisture, the speaker would play an alarm like, and and wake you up. And the idea was that's going to like train your brain to know when your bladder is full. You need to Uh wake up naturally. Did you grow up in the 1700s? Like what? Like this is crazy. So did it work? 
I mean, it woke me the fuck up. I'll yeah. Give you that. And <laughs> oh it was, I, I, it didn't help stop the bedwetting. It just meant that now when I wet the bed, I would be also horribly awakened by this yeah. screaming punitive sound. Oh my yeah. gosh. And, and the pad, by the way, would become disgusting because yeah. you're mm-hmm. peeing on it. Right. Yeah. So it would right. get stinky. Right. And yeah. so we did that for a while. That was very negative. Now, there was another technique. My mom found this book. That was much the polar opposite of this horrible alarm. Uh, the yeah. book was called, and I've looked it up on Amazon. It still exists. I don't know if it's still in print, yeah. but it was called Dry All Night. Okay. And it was a book that was meant to sort of, you know, like a softer sort of brain training. Uh-huh. And it was a wonderful story about a little boy who, who wets the bed and he meets like a magical camel, like a spirit animal camel. <laughs> okay. Because the camel is the symbol of holding water inside. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Water. Periods of time. Right. Okay. Okay. And it was a lot of visualization. It was like, before you go to sleep, imagine that you're in a dry, dry desert. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and stuff yeah, like okay. that. And, yeah. and journaling and, and things like that. And, and it was meant to sort of be a... You know, like a softer, yeah. like, you know, mind and body awareness yeah. kind of technique. Like cognitive behavioral therapy for yes. neuresis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> as as practiced in, you know, 1989, 1990, right. yeah, like right. those years. Right. Their best attempt. And uh, I don't recall if that worked. Okay. I believe what happened is I grew out of it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just yeah, happened totally. less and less often. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe definitely. maybe it was maybe it was helpful. Who knows? Right. I remember doing this little book with little worksheets about like um you know you would track how much water you drank and yeah, yeah. Wow. water after a certain time and stuff like that. Yeah. I have one more question, Adam, related Please. to the ADHD. So you know ADHD falls under the umbrella of neurodivergence, which is the term to describe basically brains that function or perceive the world differently. Right, yes. Neurodivergence is part of the neurodiversity movement, which falls under the category of very highly sensitive people, autism spectrum, ADHD. So I'm curious, Adam, do you have any other neurodivergent traits like sound sensitivity, light sensitivity, any other traits that may not fall into other categories per se, but are still neurodivergent traits? Not that I classify that way necessarily. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, the various psychiatrists or psychologists, either in school or medically, would ask me questions that I later realized they were screening me for OCD. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And because there's a comorbidity there, uh, uh-huh. I know. And there were certain things that I did at the time that, you know, if, like if I described them to you, like I liked to walk on, uh, you know, tiles on the floor. I liked to walk on them in L-shaped patterns and I didn't oh, like stepping on cracks. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But, but none of those things interfered with my life in a yes. way that I would think of as pathological. It was just right. like I didn't like to step on cracks particularly. Right. Um, and I don't really feel any of those traits now. Yeah. You know, occasionally I have what I now recognize as anxiety, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's from work stress or sure. you know, it doesn't feel that intense. One really interesting thing, though, that that question makes me think of is that Adam Ruins Everything is very, very popular among autistic folks or mm-hmm. folks on the, on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is they find, you know, I play on Adam Ruins Everything, a character version mm-hmm. of myself. It was yeah. a heightened yeah, yeah. character who's very social awkward and doesn't, you know, he's always factually correct, but socially incorrect. He's always like making a mistake and annoying other people. He doesn't understand social rules. And that was based on myself as a kid, really. Uh As a kid, people were always like, Adam, shut up. Why are you telling us about this right (laughs) Mm -hmm. now? But folks on the autism spectrum, when they watch it, they feel, oh, I also feel compelled to repeat things that I know and I make social mistakes because I don't really understand how I'm supposed to behave. So I really love that and treasure that about the show because that wasn't something I anticipated that people would relate to it in that way. Mm -hmm. 
But, uh, you know, is there a chance that I either was or am very slightly on that spectrum myself? Could be. I've never yeah. been tested for it and I don't feel... Yeah, there generally is a lot of overlap. People can have traits without meeting the full criteria. So I was just curious because it is neurodivergence. Yeah. Isn't ADD tied to, no joke, like highly intelligent people like ADD and ADHD? Well, I don't I don't know the data of like whether they've done, you know, IQ tests. And again, there's different ways to measure intelligence. yeah. yeah. And people might actually be quite intelligent, but they're not able to test it accurately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, it's just a brain operating in a different way. And, yeah. and, you know, I've said this before on the show, like, we need different kinds of brains. We yeah. need different perspectives because if everyone was neurotypical, we wouldn't actually have a lot of diversity right. in the world. So it's a very important trait. Do you have any suggestions that would make us smarter? Um uh, yes, yes. Oh. I know what we can do. Let's play the game. Oh, it's Dr. Okay. Wally's Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, so you're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, just take a guess because I give possible points for creativity. Great. So, Sean, you're going up first. All right. Yes. Prosopagnosia is a neurological disorder that causes a person to have the inability to recognize which part of the human body? I know well, this. I'm gonna guess just because oh, of the way just be, because of the way it was phrased. I'm gonna guess the face. Oh yeah, that's right, Sean. Wait, how did you know? That? Well, that's because impossible. I have it. You have it. I have a little oh, bit of it. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yes, prosopagnosia. So the, it comes from the Greek word agnosia. Fa it's like face Greek blindness. For ignorance. Yeah. Um, well, we call, we say, and, well, we say blindness. I'm not ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> And prosopote is Greek word for face. So okay. you have face ignorance. Very okay, good. So. Sean, I'm on. I also speechless. knew that. I just want to be clear. I also yeah, knew that. that's true. Adam <laughs> did say he knew that. Okay. Second question yeah. for Sean. Okay. Which alcoholic drink recently grew in popularity after a behind the scenes interview promoting HBO's House of the Dragon went viral on TikTok? I'm guessing only because it's in the zeitgeist. Was it White Claw? No, it was not. It was... Negroni Spagliato. Well, who, it was what? the Negroni. I've never, I've never heard of that. What is that, like a wine spritzer? Yeah, I guess you could call it like, like a, a, or a, hard, or a hard liquor sits, yeah. uh, spritzer. Remember Zima? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I don't. A Negroni is like a very, it's it's like a very bitter cocktail, like a sort of like a Manhattan or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Mm. See, yeah. Adam knows everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Spagliato is replacing, I think, gin with Prosecco or other. Well, there you go. Oh, okay, got it. There that you go. That is our producer, Rebecca. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Okay. Third question. In Q-Force, what <laughs> nickname was your character Steve Merriweather called? Well, that's easy. Mary. That, Okay. Well, technically, it's Agent Mary. Agent oh, Agent Mary. Mary. So, yeah, yeah, but well, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a half point. Okay, I got one. Okay, Adam, you're next. Okay, okay. so let's do this. Okay, <laughs> celiac disease is a malabsorption syndrome caused by an immune reaction to which protein found in wheat, rye, and barley? This is a very easy one. This is gluten. That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Oh, very okay. good. Very good. Second question: Which Saturday Night Live alum became a part owner of the Los Angeles Football Club in? 2016. Oh, this is Will Ferrell. I was, that is as I was just saying, I was at an LAFC game last night, and they put him on the jumbotron every single game. No, wait, he, he's part <laughs> owner of that. 
He's part owner of the team. He's a he's a he's a minority investor. Oh, that's cool. You know? That's great. Well, I, I mean, I, I would wish to one day be famous enough that a sports team come and says, "Hey, do you want to put in ten grand, be a point one percent owner of the team, and you'll get to go to all the games for free? We'll put you on the jumbotron every time." Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that sound like fun. Well, I don't Ad, know how much money he put in. I don't well, know how Adam big save ten grand. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, third question on the first episode of the podcast. Factually, what constitutional amendment was the focus of the episode? Oh, wow. I'm glad. Thank you so much for asking. It was um, an interview <laughs> with the uh, professor, Adam Winkler, a law professor about the history of the Second Amendment. Oh, that really? Is correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Adam, God, you destroyed this round. Thank you. Well, you, you're asking me questions about things I know intimately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bravo, bravo. You win. Thank you Adam, very much. you win in so many ways. You win in life. You win in the game. You win in success. You win in your shows. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to watch that show on Netflix. Oh, my yeah. God. It sounds like it's everything... I'm for the G word with Adam Conover. And Adam, I just want to thank you personally for coming forward to talk about your experience with ADHD and bedwetting. Yeah, of course. Their, the interrelations. And, and you. you know, it's something that affects literally millions of kids. Yeah. You know, I, I think literally millions, five to seven million kids have bedwetting issues. So thank you so much. Well, Priyanka, I just want to thank you for telling me about those going together because I literally did not know that about myself until this interview. So this was really important and powerful to me. Oh, so Adam doesn't know everything. everything. No, Priyanka I don't. ruins nah. everything now. <laughs> thank you, pal. Big, big fan. Thank you for thank having you for me. Thanks. Thanks. the time to come Bye. on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, pal. Yeah. What a smart cookie. Yeah, and by the way, you can tell he talks as fast as I do. Like he, <laughs> he right? He's like, uh, but he's, he more he's more succinct than I am. <laughs> like <laughs> but he, yeah, he's you, really you guys, smart. Uh, Speedwise, we're definitely that. I know you love keeping things moving yeah. and keeping things fast. Yeah, so yeah. I know you were in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great though. Wow. Yeah, such a smarty so smart, man. And yeah, I love it when we have smart guests. Oh my god! So we had an amazing show, and then Hazy Mills is oh, I Emily. know Emily. Yes, that was. Thank so you great to Emily that, for yes, talking you, about Emily. her CH as well. Another great show. That stuff is fascinating, guys. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. Don't worry. Be healthy. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.